Hi, everybody. I'm Peter Travers. This is Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And there's a terrific movie out right now called Vice, which I loved, which you might have different opinions about, but I don't care because I'm here with Adam McKay, who wrote it, directed it, produced it. What didn't you do? Starred in it. You did. Uh, designed all the props, all the wigs, all the wardrobe. So that wasn't Christian Bale. No, and Amy Adams. Did you no, no, that was, was me. You? That was me. It was wow. all me. Wow, you're a virtuoso <laughs> to do this. Wow. So congratulations anyway on all of your Golden Globe nominations. Thank you. Thank you. Praise to the skies. And I know you, like most people do, before the big short, you were the anchorman guy. You were the guy that made us laugh without having any kind of laugh that might stick in our throats, which is what <laughs> happens in Vice. When did this happen? When was this transformation in you where you said, I'm going to do something more? You know, God, we, we had a lot of fun, man. Uh, Will Ferrell and I, we got to do Anchorman, Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, all those movies. And the world kept getting crazier <laughs> and crazier and crazier. And, uh, and then I collided with a great book, Michael Lewis's Big Short. And I was just like, this is a movie. And I couldn't get it off my brain. And so I got lucky. Eventually, uh, we were able to get financing for it. I got a cast for it. And it was really fun doing a movie where you didn't have to worry about having a laugh with every two lines. Mm -hmm. And I liked having that room with it. So uh, it was enjoyable. Not to say I won't work with Will Ferrell again, which I definitely will. But That's uh, good to hear because oh. I thought maybe you would just say, I'm sorry, I've moved on. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no Although no, I no. should tell him that just to upset him. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no. But he's already played W, so, you know, oh, he's, he's done that on stage. The definitive W, the, yeah. Yeah. And so now Sam Rockwell's taking his part. Does he, does he come up and say, come on, Adam, you know, isn't there anything <laughs> for me in this? You've got to cast the thousands in these movies. He was, you know, he was so great because Rockwell did a totally different kind of W. Bush. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, a lot of people were like, why not cast Will in it? But I thought it's so famous, it'll draw your focus in that direction. But uh, no, Will was incredibly supportive and he's a huge fan of Sam Rockwell. So he thought that was a great choice. Except for a little quiet weeping. But that's okay. Just you know? gentle, Just in the corner, in the corner. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Dick Cheney, why? Why did you say, it, I have this thing in my head that a movie needs to be written and directed by me about this most powerful of all vice presidents? You know, I, I really felt like, you know, we all know that he was a powerful vice president. We all know about W. Bush. But man, the more I read about it, I was just astounded by how much this guy changed history. And... And even more. You sound that so positive about it. Now I'm going, I, yeah, he changed history. I, uh, I mean, you yeah. know, I'll, I'll let you put your own value judgment <laughs> oh, okay. in there. But, uh, and then I was amazed how he did it. It was like this bureaucratic detail. He saw every little layer of government. And, and then finally, I was just fascinated. Like, who is this guy? Like, I think we all know, like, what? Shot a guy in the face hunting mm -hmm. and... Uh, and, you know, what else? Uh, the Iraq War. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little things like that. But how did he do this? And uh, the more I kept digging and digging, I was just fascinated by it. And then I got very lucky that uh, Christian Bale was on board. Well, yes, 
and Christian Bale doesn't just show up on the set one day and say, let's go. He gained <laughs> what? How many pounds did he gain to do this? I'm not sure the exact amount. Mm -hmm. It was definitely north of 40. Uh, mm -hmm. He definitely put on some weight. He definitely transformed. We definitely had makeup. He definitely had, uh, you know, idiosyncratic movements that he picked up. I mean, it was one of the most breathtaking performances I've ever seen in my life. When you laugh, and you do it a lot in this movie, and then <laughs> there's that other time where you can't laugh at all because history is being changed and moved. Uh, we, can turn, we can toss around the fancy phrase of, what is it, the unitary executive theory, yeah. which basically comes down in history and in your movie to the Cheney idea of if the president does it and it's a time of national emergency, it's legal. It's yeah. all okay. That's true. And I may be wrong by saying, is this a little bit, was they, this Bush-Cheney thing, a little bit of a prelude to the gentleman we now have in the White House? God, you know, I hope it's not a prelude. It could be. Seems it definitely like it could be. It definitely could be. And we were shocked how much it lined up with what was going on now. I mean, you know, our idea was that we're living in these times that are so ridiculous yeah. and almost beyond comedy, but at the same time, so tragic. So we tried to combine both. We tried to have a movie that was tragic, heartbreaking, but also absurd and uh, and and sort of falling over itself, kind of like the times that we live in now. Um, we just felt like, you know, what is the genre of the time we live in right now? Yeah, so what is it? <laughs> what is it? I mean, if you could tell me, I'd appreciate it. it. It's certainly not straight comedy. It's certainly not straight drama. It's kind of this absurdist, cartoonish tragedy in a way. I, I, it's the closest I can come. Slapstick tragedy. Yeah, Slapstick tragedy. I like that. That's I like that. What, that's yeah. what we have. Yeah. That's what we have. Because when I talk to people about Vice, some people will say, well, you know what McKay did? He's, he's oh, yeah. showing a human side to him. And somebody else will say, he's been rude. He's been horrible to this guy that changed history in a good way. And the movie can actually hold a little bit of both of those arguments. Yeah. But I didn't know any of that stuff about Cheney in his young life when he was drinking. Oh, when, yeah. You know, he was out there. What was he on the line, you know, working on? Yeah, he flunked out of Yale and he became a lineman for the county and he was drinking it's like a... Glenn Campbell song. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it. Yeah. And then he got DUIs and he was messing up his life. And it was really Lynn Cheney who kind of yeah. set him straight. If you want to look at the first act of Dick Cheney's life, it's really Lynn Cheney, the kind of you know whip-smart, really ambitious, strong, strong woman from Wyoming who said, get your act together. And that's kind of what changed him. But yeah, we did try and humanize him. We really felt like the idea of just seeing a character and saying he's a villain mm -hmm. or a hero, what does that accomplish? I, I, I really believe that we all kind of do the best we can and it's how that road gets twisty and turny that's the story. I think the humanity in a character who's done, at least from my point of view, really heinous things makes it scarier. I totally agree. It's just, if some, yes, if you say, this is a bad guy, then you just go, the bad guy's going to do bad things. Yep. Things in this movie can go, they can seesaw. We can see him loving his two daughters. And then in a scene that I can't ever get out of my head, when one of the daughters is running for office. Oh, yeah. And basically the other daughter is a lesbian. And Cheney accepted the fact that she was. But when it came to 
his other daughter running for election, he had to do that very much like a godfather nod about, you can bury her. It's okay. You need to be elected. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. I I really felt like in the beginning he was a guy we would have known and maybe had a laugh with. And I feel like through the 70s and the 80s, they were people we could understand. But power just warps people. And, And I think ultimately that's what this movie's about. It's about a portrait of power. Well, you've been doing that. You know, Big Short is a, is a portrait of power, isn't it, too? Yeah. yeah, although much more of a free-floating, chaotic power. That's about the power of, like, greed and the stock market and kind of irrational exuberance. Mm-hmm. In this case, it was a, a family sort of crafted around power. Are you just power obsessive, Adam? Is that it? And so that you have this fascination <laughs> with it? I mean, I'm thinking even of Anchorman and the silliest things that there's control. The stepbrothers really want to have the upper hand on each other all the time. This is you. Look at that. (laughs) We found this subtext that it's all about you. Were you not getting enough respect on set? I I want to like cut to me taking the garbage out last Thursday night while my wife's (laughs) yelling at me and uh, and having to clean up for our dog. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of life's about power and control, right? But when it gets that out of control, it it can change the world. No question about it. Yeah, because other lives are affected by it. Yeah. And you know, we we can say this, that this, that Dick Cheney basically took power from George W. Bush and said, Mm -hmm. I'll take care of all these pesky things you don't want to bother with. Yeah. I can't wait until you get the reaction from W. On this movie. Have so, you invited him to a screening? So curious what he would think. I mean, it's funny. There are still some people out there that are like, no, no, George W. Bush was the president. I'm like, yeah, he was the president, but Cheney played him, you know, and there's still people defensive about that office. Uh, I would guess he wouldn't love it, right? It's not the most flattering <laughs> portrait of him. <laughs> I actually think, oddly, Cheney might like it. I think Cheney might be okay with it. Uh, except for maybe the very ending. But otherwise, it's pretty accurate. It shows what he did when he was in office. People will come up to you, they will. And they're going to say, well, what do you really think of Cheney? You know? <laughs> and you're going to say, see my movie? Because <laughs> yeah. in the end, they won't have a definitive answer. They won't. Uh, yeah. What would the definitive... Well, doesn't he scare you? It scares the crap out yeah, of me. Yeah, come on. He's one of the most powerful guys who's yeah. come down the pike in America. There's no doubt he changed the scope of global socioeconomic history. I mean, he's an incredibly powerful guy. Um, but I do see some humanity. I mean, there is a part of me that feels a little sad for him by the end, what he gave away with his family, what he gave away with his country. I'm not sure that was ever his intention in the beginning. But once again, that's why I say portrait of power, because I think power just deludes the mind. What was the worst of him? I think when 9-11 hit, uh, you had a guy that was already obsessed about power, but it suddenly weaponized at that point. It became like the paranoia of 9-11 mixed with his obsession Mm -hmm. with power. I think that's when he really became a scary guy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when he became a danger to the world and to our country. Well, I re- there, you use the fly fishing motif in, in the movie, too, because I had an uncle that taught me fishing, and you didn't talk, you know? Oh, you were sure. doing this, and 
my uncle would say, you got to lay in the weeds. You got to wait for the right time for it to happen, which is exactly what he did. That's perfect. He was just laying in the weeds, and when he saw his opportunity, he seized it. I mean, it's about patience. It's about, you know, being quiet. It's about seeing what's happening. You know, there was a quote from Lynn Cheney where she said, if you want to understand my husband, you have to know one thing. He's a fly fisherman. And it was so obvious we chose not to open the movie with it because it was just like gave away the whole movie, basically. (laughs) But she basically told us, Mm -hmm. like, this is a patient guy who looks at detail, who can wait, whereas... Lynn and Don Rumsfeld were more, more uh, overt in their desire for ambition. But the thing we see with Cheney, too, are these series of heart attacks, you know? This att- and I heard this, and I have to ask you, because you suffered a heart attack. I yeah. hope it was a mild one. Just yeah. after you finished shooting this? Uh, it's actually a true story. It was uh, two weeks after I finished filming. I was working out with my trainer, and I was like, God, I'm not doing great health-wise. I stupidly smoked for years, which is the worst thing you can do. And I was working out with him and I got like tingly hands and kind of a sore stomach. And he was like, you know, are you okay? And I said, I'm fine. You know, it's just a tingly stomach. It's not a chest pain or an arm pain. You can go. And then when he left, I remembered Christian Bale telling me one of the more common ways when we were doing one of the Cheney heart attack scenes He told me, do you want me to do it with a a queasy stomach? It's one of the more common ways that it happens. And right there in that moment, I went, oh, my God. And I ran upstairs, and I took, like, four baby aspirins, and I called 911. And then my doctor was like, why did you do that? I was like, well, my lead actor told me. (laughs) Christian Bale told me. Even though I'm the director, and I wrote this, he came in. The actor said, true story. You're actually having a heart attack, so go and do this. That is a true story. And then I called Bale a week later, and I said, look, first and foremost, I'm okay. There was no damage done. The doctor actually told me, he said, because you got in here so quickly, there was no damage to your heart. And so I told Bale that I go, don't worry about me. Don't worry about Mm -hmm. me. But I think you saved my life. (laughs) I think he did. (laughs) Maybe. And he just started laughing. I mean, we both just were laughing. Well, you were just running around thinking you were in the clear. Because you didn't exactly, have that, exactly, you know? exactly. Who knows what would or happen? Or Dick Cheney saved my life. Like, in which maybe case, it'll, it's Dick Cheney. In which case, thank you, Mr. Cheney, for saving my life. We add that to the plus column. <laughs> no, I don't find that particularly long, that, that plus column that's there. But, you know, you, you have chosen this business. This was, what, was it Saturday Night Live that you started with as a head writer? Oh, no, you were the improv group, right? Yeah, yeah. we were out of uh, Second City in Chicago, the I.O. Theater. We started Mm -hmm. the uh, Upright Citizens Brigade, who have Mm -hmm. become gigantic. And uh, out of all of that, I got a job at Center at Live, and that's where I first started directing short films. Did you try to get a job on Saturday Night Live as an on-camera talent? They did. They had me audition as an on-camera talent. But I knew I don't do impressions and I don't do big characters. I'm basically one of those guys who was like, uh, to even compare myself to Harold Ramis is ridiculous because he's an all-time great. But I'm that school of comic in the sense that I'm just usually myself. So I was smart. I brought my scripts with me. So I was on stage and uh, I auditioned. I did an okay job. But when I got off stage, I was like, I also write. And uh, a week later, I got a call from But you were the guy that got up in the audience, though. Yeah, we do that sometimes. That guy. I would do... Uh, You'd insult yeah. everybody. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. 
So I got to have the uh, fun job where I was writing and directing, but also yelling stuff out of the audience. <laughs> and then, of course, with Will, you are basically funny or die, and your daughter, how is your daughter Pearl now? You have two daughters. She's great. She's 13 years old. Oh, my God. But she was like this big when she was She is the like landlord. a grown lady now, basically. And uh, she's doing great. She's in eighth grade and dances and sings and plays violin. And, uh, and doesn't harangue Will Ferrell for rent. Ah, I wish, <laughs> I wish she still did. That would be so great. Uh, she had quite the mouth on her. Oh, my God. God, yeah. Well, you know, all it was was it was that age where you would say stuff to her and she'd repeat it. And then she would instantly forget it. It's like that weird little two-month period. So uh, to this day, she still gets a kick out of it. I mean, she was offered a Jackie Chan movie, which <laughs> is still the craziest thing I've ever heard. And she was asked to be on uh, Ellen DeGeneres as well. Well, I'm going to end by asking you this question about what you would say, if you could. And you got Dick Cheney on the phone. Okay. What would you say to him? What would you finally say to him? You had this opportunity. I would just say, honestly, between you and me, I'll never repeat it to anyone else, mm -hmm. I swear. Are there ever, ever moments that you regret anything? And what are those moments? We want that answer. Do you hear that, Mr. Cheney? We have to have that answer. That's the way it is. And I will leave two tickets at every theater in Washington, D.C. And I will leave two tickets at every theater in Wyoming and Virginia yeah. for Lynn and Dick to go if they ever want to go. With popcorn? I'm not paying for the popcorn. I'm not paying. I can't do it. I can't do it. Popcorn's very expensive. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I only go so far. All right. Well, as you know from the last time you were here, we end in song. Or you do. Yes. Yes. So I, have you prepared something for me? Have I have you not. prepared a song for uh, the Cheneys? So, uh, a general song. A general song. It, you know how Afternoon Delight was such a fabulous sure. song in Anchorman? I think I can just, do this. I yeah. think I can do this. Okay, this is a love song for Dick mm -hmm. and Lynn Cheney. Mm -hmm. Oh, Richard, Richard, I'm your sweet Lynn. May I rub my hand across your wrinkled cheek? And may you kiss against my... <laughs> didn't know where that was going. It was almost Shakespearean in songs, which the movie also offers us. It was, it was right? horrifying. It was horrifying. You better bleep, bleep out that. everything I just said. No, I think it would freak right, Let me try again. Let me I try think again. it would freak out. All right, let me try again. Have, it ha have a happy ending. All right, happy mm -hmm. ending. Mm -hmm. All right, all right. Um, my name is Richard Cheney, and I've walked on down the path. To power and I have... No, I have nothing. I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Look at One of the most brilliant minds of comedy just begins, sets it up and then there's no finish. How about well, if I could put love in a bottle, the first thing that I'd like to do is to open it up and use all that power to invade Iraq because I love Lynn, I love you. <laughs> Actually, that song is very revealing about you and Vice. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the most revealing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. It took three tries, but, you know, I think I got what I want. All right. There. Good. Thank good. you, Adam McKay. My pleasure, yes. Peter. Thanks for having uh, me, man. Always.